All right, chapter 15. Uh, a, a lot of details and a lot of names. Uh, so we're probably going to uh, go into chapter 16 a little bit uh, as well uh, and start uh, buzzing through here. So uh, it says, This then was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah by their families. So as you remember, they've come into the land. They've fought a seven-year battle with the people of the land. They've uh, just divided the land, conquered the land, and now just doing those pockets of resistance. Uh, and then they've come and they're dividing the land, and that's what uh, pretty much chapter 15 is about, uh, is this portion that Judah and Joseph are going to get uh, as the tribes uh, just kind of separate the land into tribes. Uh, just to minister to them and to give them what God had promised to Abraham years and years and years before. Uh, so he says, This then was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah by their families, even to the border of Edom, the wilderness of Zin, southward was the uttermost part of the south coast, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us unless you have a map in front of you, which we don't. So, uh, And their south border was from the shore of the Salt Sea, from the bay that looketh southward. Uh, and it went out to the south side of uh, Mealel uh, Scrabim. Sounds like something you have for breakfast. Uh, and passed along uh, to Zin and ascended up on the south side of Kadesh Barnea and passed along to Hezron and went up to Adar and fetched a compass uh, to Karka. Uh, and from thence it passed south or passed towards Asmon and went into the river of Egypt and the goings out of the coast that were at the sea. This shall be your south coast and the east border. So it gives all the borders uh, of this land for them. The east border was the Salt Sea, even to the end of the Jordan. Uh, and their border in the north quarter was from the Bay of the Sea uh, at the uttermost part of Jordan. And the border went up to Beth Hagla and passed along the north of Beth Arbara. Uh, and the border went up from the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. In uh, the border went up towards Deber uh, from the valley of Achor. And so northward looking towards Gilgal, uh, that is before the going up to Adumen. Uh, which is on the south side of the river. And the border passed along towards the waters of Enshemesh. Uh, in the goings out, therefore, we're at Enrogel. I, th I think I should just go along and each of you should just do a verse or something here. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so the border was drawn, verse 9, from the top of the hill to the fountain of the water at Nephtoah. Uh, and went out to the cities of Mount Ephron. And the border was drawn to Baala, uh, which is kirjath Jearim. Uh, in the border compass from Baala westward into Mount Seir and passed along the side of Mount Jerem, which is Cheslan. Uh, and then on the north side and went down to Beth Shemesh and passed on to Timnah. And the border went out the side of Ekron northward and the border was drawn to Shikron uh, and passed along to Mount Baala uh, and went out to Jabneel. And the goings out of the border were at the sea and the west border, amazing, there should be less borders, I think. Uh, the west border was to the great sea and the coast thereof, and this is the coast of the children of Judah round about according to their families. And Caleb, here we go, uh, the son of Jephunneh. You remember Caleb, this uh, man who was 85 and wanted a mountain to conquer, so he went up and conquered a mountain. Uh, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a part among the children of Judah uh, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, uh, one of the giants, uh, which is the city uh, of Hebron. And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak, Sheshai and Ahiman and Talmai, the children of Anak, uh, the, these men, these giants. And it says he drove them. It doesn't say that they destroyed them or killed them, uh, but they, they pushed them out evidently. And he went up thence to the inhabitants of Debir, in the name of Debir before was Kirjath Sefer. And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kirjath Sefer and taketh it to him will I give Akash, uh, my daughter, to wife. Uh, and so Othniel in verse 17 comes, this 
this man who we're going to see a lot of uh, as you read through scripture, uh, this man who becomes uh, a little uh, famous in his own right, his name means the force of God. So here comes this man uh, and Caleb has offered his daughter to wife for, for the one that would defeat the city. And Othniel, it says, comes up. So uh, as we look at this uh, in Judges, uh, if you want to turn there, uh, Judges chapter 1, uh, just over uh, the next book, uh, Judges chapter 1, uh, we, we see this account again, uh, gives a little more information for us, gives us an account of, of what's gone on, but also puts things together a little bit for us. Because uh, we know uh, Caleb is a Kenizzite, uh, not of the tribes of Israel, but he's uh, associated with the tribe of Judah. Uh, and we see why here in Judges, and it says in, in verse, uh, uh, oh boy, verse 9, uh, of chapter 1, and afterwards the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites that dwelled in the mountain in the south and in the valley. And Judah went against the Canaanites that dwelt in Hebron. Now the na name of Hebron before with Kirjath Arba. And they slew Sheshai and Ahiman and Talmai. So here it says that they slew them. So uh, we're not sure of the account when that happened and, and who did it. Um, but they had been slain. And from thence he went against the inhabitants of Deber in the name of Deber before was Kirjath Sefer. And Caleb said, He that smiteth this city and taketh it uh, to him will I give Achash my daughter to wife and Othniel the son of Canaz. So the, this man who's a Canaanite, remember Moses married uh, a Canaanite uh, when he went up uh, out of Egypt. Uh, and so evidently these people were associated in some sense with that relationship. But this man Othniel, uh, the force of God, comes and he was Caleb's younger brother, Canaz uh, was, so it's, this is his nephew, I guess. And he took it and he gave him Achash, uh, his daughter, to wife. And it came to pass that when she came to him that she moved him to ask of her father a field, and she lighted off her ass, and Caleb said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Give me a blessing. <laughs> uh, she comes to him. He's given her land, but it's pretty much a dry land. Uh, but she says, Give me a blessing. Uh, and you think, Well, boy, you're pretty presumptuous here. <laughs> you know, he gives you this whole land, and now you want something else besides. It's like going to Christmas, you know, and your kids. And and they open all their presents in 4.1 seconds, and then they go, is this it? <laughs> you know, just like, come on here. <laughs> Wake up, kids. <laughs> but isn't that just like us? But, but she was asking for it for a reason, and we'll take a look at that as we go. Uh, but she says, give me a blessing for you. Give me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the nether springs, or the lower springs, in uh, the children of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, so there's the association in there, went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah. So they came up with the children of Judah. So that's how we, we believe that, that uh, Caleb becomes associated with the tribe of Judah uh, and inherits part of that land in, in the tribe of Judah. And he came into the wilderness uh, of Judah, uh, which lieth in the south of Arad, and they went and dwelled among the people. So we, we look at that and we see all that's gone on with that. Uh, but there, there's certainly uh, those things that, that come to pass and you look at these things and uh, you just wonder uh, how all this comes together. And then you start seeing it and trying to put it together. And if you get maps together and you start looking at it, you start seeing all the things that were going on. But for you and I, the application certainly has to be that uh, God has a place for us, and it may not be always what we want, but it's always what he has for us. It's the best. It says by lot they divided the land. It was God's wisdom. It was God's divvying up of the land that gave the tribes uh, their borders. And the Lord ministers through there. The more the people, the more the land they got. Uh, but and isn't that for us too? The more that we have of the Lord, the more we seem to get. 
Isn't it amazing? As you sit there and you look and you think, Lord, I need your peace in the times that we're in. And he grants you peace as you go through trials, as he prepares you along your way. You know, you go through surgeries, you go through cancer scares, you, you go through treatments of sorts and you start building up peace in the midst of it and you start seeing that the Lord is with you and preparing you and it just encourages you uh, to go even further. And as you go further, you come to that place of realizing he can give me peace even in the hardest of times, even in the worst of days, God can give me peace. Uh, and it's so wonderful. You know, you go up to the hospital at times just thinking of Sue and others that have passed and just the peace that some saints have as they're going through their final days, as they're going through their final moments. Uh, remember uh, one lady, uh, uh, in fact, she just passed uh, in uh, late November uh, early December, I got to the church in Macedon, and this lady died right away. I just—I <laughs> probably killed her. Uh, but you, you get there, and, and going up to see her, and in her last moment, she had all these bruises all over because of all the needles they were poking into her. Uh, and she looked up just before she passed. Uh, I wasn't there, but, but six of her kids were there. Uh, and they were watching her, and she just started smiling. And she just said hello seven different times. And as they watched her, and they watched her breathe her last, all of a sudden, her skin started clearing up. And all the bruises were gone off her arms. And it was just like, okay. <laughs> and yet you go in sometimes, and, and some folks are just freaking out because they just, you don't know what's coming. You know, and it scares us. The, the unknown scares us, doesn't it? Uh, but when you know, when you're assured of those things, uh, it certainly makes a difference in everything that we go through. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know what next year is going to bring. But we know the God that does. And as we're prepared with him just to be at peace in the midst of it, uh, boy, it, it just settles us and just settles our spirit, settles our emotions to the place that, that we can go into those things and go through those things in perfect peace because God has already prepared us. That's why it's so important for us to be in the Word all the time, not just to be in the Word when there's studies, but to be in the Word on your own and, and just meditate on those things and let the Lord minister those words to you. Uh, it's so important for us because we're facing hard times. Uh, as you look at end times, it says, as in the days of Noah. The days of Noah were awful. He preached 120 years, and nobody got saved. And he even had to drag his own kids onto the boat. <laughs> the animals knew better, but the people didn't. Isn't that amazing that the animals know better than the people? You know? Uh, but but for, for us, we look at it and go, Lord, if I was there, would I have gone on the boat after hearing your word, after hearing the truth of who you are? Or Lord, would I have resisted you? Oh, And it really makes us come to that place of just realizing how much we need Jesus and how little we need ourselves. Because uh, in and of myself, in and of my natural man, I'm going to freak out at everything that comes my way. The car breaks down, the wife gets mad, the, the washer breaks down, <laughs> the, the basement starts flooding, the sump pump is gone. You know, you just look at all that stuff and you just, I give up, I quit, you know, and how quick we are to give up. <laughs> and, and yet look at the perseverance that Noah had. Look at the per perseverance that Joshua had, that Moses, Caleb. And we go, well, if they can do it because they're just men of like passions like you and I. If they can do it with the strength and the power of God in their lives, we can do it. And thank goodness that God imparts that to us. And thank goodness we come to that place where we can just rest in that and trust that. And, and that's what we want for each other. And that's what we want uh, for, for the body of Christ to come together. The body of Christ is a mess right now. Look, look at the churches that are just celebrating all kinds of ungodly things just to fit in the world. And so as people look at the body of Christ, they see a mess. But you know what? If they can see one person that has peace in the midst of trouble, they've seen the face of God. 
They've seen the power of God in that person's life. And that's what they need to see. That's the witness that you're going to give. You don't have to say a word. All you have to do is be the person that God has made you to be. But that takes time and that takes discipline. And that takes a heart towards the Lord, even in these hard times. <laughs> uh, so Caleb is here, his daughter's here back in Joshua. Uh, and he gives her land uh, because she's, she's now married. And so he gives her land uh, in the tribe, uh, in the place of Judah, gives her land uh, to come. And she, she gets off her donkey and comes to him and, and says, give me a blessing. And we look and go, well, what is this all about? If you look at it spiritually, uh, and again, I'm, I'm putting stuff in here. So uh, if you're a literalist, you know, this may not hold with you, but uh, for me, it's it, it's just a blessing. We get saved, uh, and we come to that place where we acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit indwells us. But it talks about in Scripture, too, is that we can be, not only have the Holy Spirit indwell us, but come upon us and equip us for the work of ministry. It talks about that in John, talks about that in the book of Acts. Uh, someday we'll go through that. Uh, but uh, for the Holy Spirit to come upon us and to equip us for the time, the ministry that we have. And we all have a ministry. Uh, whether you think you do or not, you have a ministry. Whether it's just to your family, whether it's to your workplace, whether it's to your neighborhood, uh, we still have that ministry. We all have that ministry. But we want to be equipped in the best way for that. Othniel and his daughter Achish uh, come to him and say, thank you for the land, thank you for giving us this place, but we're asking for more. And for you and I, we certainly need to ask the Lord for more. I want more of you. We ask that, don't we? Lord, I'm such a mess, I need more of you. So what are we doing? We're asking for more of the Lord. <laughs> and, and really, just like John the Baptist, he said, I must decrease and he must increase. So that, that means we get rid of ourselves and we get more of the Lord. And the empowering of the Spirit in a person's life as he comes upon us to equip us for the work of our ministry, that's going to give us the power, the leading, the direction, the focus that we need to have in that place. And for me, this is just a, a wonderful picture of that. She gets this land, she gets salvation, and she, she wants more. She wants that well of living water, as it were. Out of their belly flows fountains of living waters, it tells us in Scripture. Uh, and for me, this is just what it is. She's looking for a refreshing. She's looking for, for something that's going to sustain her in these dry times in the land. And we certainly need that too. And I think the church in America needs the Holy Spirit more than ever. And we need to be asking for his power, his strength, and his leading. Uh, we're in a place where we're facing horrendous times as you look at timothy and uh, he says you're facing perilous times <laughs> yeah <laughs> look who we got leading the country uh, in leading our state you know it's just oh my goodness amazing and then the lord pours out things upon planet earth that that are just mind-boggling and all the weathermen and the people can say is these are epic proportions of of disaster that have come upon america the snowstorm in Buffalo, epic proportions. They've had more snow in the last two in the last two weeks than they usually get in the whole season. They've already got over a hundred inches. Their normal's ninety three, <laughs> and it's only December. You know, and what? Do you, and we're sitting here with less than an inch, and it's melting away because it's fifty degrees up. You know, okay, where's the balance here, Lord? But, but he gives every place what they need to have so that they can look to him and see him. We're being blessed, but we don't want to take advantage of it and just kick back and say, thank you, Lord. I, I, my spring fever's kicked in already, and it's only December. You know, we still got January through April to go. Uh, you know, what am I going to do to then? We just kick back and just enjoy it. But he says, no, the work is going on. I've given you this time. I've given you this weather. I've given you the place that you're in for a purpose and a reason. And we don't know what that is unless we're seeking him. So Lord, just open those doors and, and help me to be a good witness in the place that I'm in. 
And that's what Othniel uh, and his wife, Akash, are, are doing. They're just, we, we want the best for the land that we're going to be in. We want it to be a place where uh, it's well watered, where it, it's full of blessing. Because really, isn't that what water does? It refreshes, it blesses, it, it grows things. Uh, and we need that in our lives. And we need that growth of Jesus in our lives too. How much we need him. How do you think Caleb made it to 85 and then asked for a mountain to conquer at 85? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not, I haven't gone out and bought hiking boots. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not finding a mountain to go climb. <laughs> and especially at the top of a mountain, finding a, this guy that's nine foot nine. You know, I'm, no. <laughs> but the Lord has a different idea sometimes. When the Lord first started telling me to go to, to Calvary Mass, I told him I was too old. And he goes, oh, yeah? And in prayer one day, somebody started praying, and I think it was Barb, started praying about Moses. <laughs> and Dan looks right up at me in the middle of prayer. <laughs> he just smiles and shakes his head. <laughs> just like, <laughs> really? <laughs> but it's... It, it, <laughs> or Caleb, yes, thank you. <laughs> but, but isn't it amazing how the Lord uses the ministry of the body to encourage the whole body? And what a blessing that is. But we're never going to know it unless we're engaged. We're never going to know it unless we're submitted to that place uh, of being well watered in, in that place where God has us. Uh, and certainly we're in a dry land, but the Lord can open those fountains of living waters and pour out upon us, and it won't be dry for us. It may be dry for the world, but it's not going to be for us. Uh, and what a blessing that is. What a privilege that is. Just, just imagine, why would God even care about us? These sinners who have come against him, who caused him to go to the cross and shed his blood for us, it was our sin. It wasn't the Jews, it wasn't the Romans, it was us. And we look at it, and we just, oh Lord, everything that the soldiers did, we've done to you. We've despised you, we've slapped you, we've spit upon you. We've whipped you. And yet you love us so much that you're willing to pour out your spirit upon us to have us walk in your perfect will, in your perfect way for this time. For such a time as this, <laughs> as Mordecai told Esther, you know, for such a time as this, you're here. For such a time as this in America, you're here. And what are we going to do with it? And it's certainly a challenge for us, but I think it's a great exhortation for us that we, we can't sit down and rest. There, there is no time to rest. I think he's coming soon. Amen. Yesterday would have been great, but, <laughs> but as long as we're still here today, we can just look forward to today. But what are we going to do in the midst till he gets here? He tells us to occupy till he comes. And how are we going to occupy? By taking up space on a couch or taking up space praying and, and being that witness in the world that he has for us? Oh, Lord, you got to change us. Because uh, my natural state is... I love the couch. I'll be there. <laughs> you know, I got a recliner in the corner, just <clears throat> pop me in it, let me kick up my feet, uh, and, and I'm good here. Just give me a book to read, and, and I'll just hang out here. But there's so much to do. And not that we have to, not that he's going to love us any less if we don't. But boy, we get the blessing of walking in his power as we do it. And isn't that the greater blessing? <laughs> Salvation is wonderful, but, but a greater blessing even now is to be in his will right now. Oh. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, that place of the press, that's what Gethsemane means, the place of the press where he was crushed for you and I. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And we come to that place and, and we go, Lord, you're going to crush me. And you look at Isaiah 53 and it says that, that he was, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And that word for bruise is to crush. The Lord was pleased to crush him because it was going to bring about salvation for the people. And I was looking at that last night and I'm going, I don't know if I want to be crushed for you, Lord. 
I don't mind being used by you, but being crushed is a whole different thing than being used. <laughs> oh, Lord. But you know, the place of greater blessing is the place of just getting rid of myself and just letting him work. You know what a blessing that is. So uh, Akash gets off her donkey, comes to uh, Caleb and says, uh, give me a blessing. And the blessing from the Lord is his Holy Spirit to come alongside of us, to indwell us, and then to come upon us for the power, for the work of the ministry. Uh, you've given me the south land. Give me also springs of water. And he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. And this is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. And the uttermost cities uh, uh, toward the coast of Edom southward. And then it goes through a bunch of names, which we are definitely not going to go through. Because uh, I hate butchering all those things. Uh, but look at down at the end of the chapter. Uh, uh, it says, as for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem unto this day. Uh, chapter 16, look at verse 10. It says, and they drave, drave not out the Canaanites that dwell in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites unto this day, and they serve under tribute. Uh, it doesn't say that they couldn't do it. It just says that they didn't. Uh, and for us, certainly, this is a place where God has given us victory over the land and over the people of the land to possess the land, to come into that place of getting the blessing of the land. But sometimes we don't kick out all the stuff that's in there. Uh, and there's a problem that happens when we don't do that is we walk with the Lord and we don't get rid of all our heart issues. We, we let those heart issues stay there. And certainly it doesn't affect our salvation, but what it affects is our walk while we're here. It says this in, uh, in Judges chapter 2, uh, verse 3, he says, Where, Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you. God says, I'm not going to do it. I've given you the power to do it. So I'm not going to do it. It's up to you to do it. But if you don't do it, it says, but they shall be as thorns in your sides and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And that's what's going to happen if we don't allow the Lord to get rid of those things in our lives, to be refreshed by the Spirit, to be strengthened by the Spirit, to walk in the truth of the Spirit towards Him is that those things become a snare to us. They become a trap. And, and they end up just hurting. They end up being a distraction. They am, end up being a disablement to our spiritual life. Uh, and it's, there's nothing worse than seeing a, a disabled Christian who can't get through the problems that they're facing, who, who can't go any further in their walk with him because they're, they're disabled and, and they can't move forward. They're paralyzed in a sense of moving forward with the Lord. And, and certainly it's not uh, an accusation against anybody uh, because we're all different people. We all have those different temperaments. But the best, the Lord says, is to give all. You know that song, I Surrender All. <laughs> I don't sing that song. <laughs> I sing, I surrender a third. Uh, I, I surrender a tenth. You know, surrender all. That means every thought, every action, every word is surrendered to him. It's just, oh, I struggle with that because I know I don't. Because I get on the expressway just like you do. And within two seconds, I'm yelling at people. What are you doing? You know, if there was nobody else on the road, it would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it crazy what we do? And then we think that we're okay. And we were here in prayer the other day, and one of the guys prayed, forgive me, Lord, for the way that I thought about that person yesterday. It was wrong, and I hurt you. And it just killed my heart. It just knocked me right down. 
because I'd just gotten off the expressway. <laughs> and here I am in prayer, being this holy, righteous saint, you know? And he prays that, and it just, oh, man, <laughs> I got nothing. But just think if we could go through that. And it says that Jesus walked through this whole life without sin. And if we're being conformed to his image, oh, do you see yourself in that place of being more conformed? Uh, and thank goodness we've changed from what we were, but we still have a ways to go, don't we? You know, it's nice we've got a, a great-grandson, uh, another great-grandson, uh, and just getting pictures of him because he's down in Florida, and he's now got two teeth. Uh, he's got a smile that's as big as... Oregon, I think. It's just great, but, but just to see that. But he doesn't know everything. He's growing into it. He's sitting up now. He's crawling. He can even stand up by holding fingers, you know, like we do with the babies. But he's still got to learn how to walk, and then he's got to learn how to run, and then he's got to learn how to jump, and uh, he's got to learn how to fall down and then get back up and dust himself off and go again. And we have to do the same thing. And the best thing for us is, is to keep disciplining ourselves and walking in that way where we will. But the worst thing, wouldn't it be horrible if he just decided, well, I got it made right here. I get a bottle every three hours. <laughs> I get a nap whenever I want. Uh, I can sleep in the noisiest of places. I can do whatever. I'm just never going to grow up. <laughs> That would be awful. And yet, what did Paul write to one of the churches? You're saints, but, but you're desiring the milk of the word. You're not even wanting the meat of the word. And he said, it, 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 it's horrible to see a baby that doesn't grow, a baby that doesn't mature. And we certainly want to be those Christians that mature in our walk with him and walk with him. Lord, you've given me salvation, but I want more of you. I want to be able to go through these days with, with your heart and not my own. And Akash comes to Caleb and says, I need more. Please give me a blessing. Because it will be a blessing whatever you give to me. And whatever the Lord gives us is a blessing. It's a privilege, isn't it? That he would even give us anything. And now he adds to it. He said, in James, he says, add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith diligence. Add to your faith perseverance. He says, add those things to your faith and, and walk in those, as well as just having faith, have more of a blessing. Because the more we have of the Lord, the more we have of righteousness and holiness. And oh, wouldn't that be wonderful if we did? And if we really wanted to. Oh. And so she gets off her donkey, asks for it. Uh, and, and then in chapter 16, it says, And the lot of the children of Joseph fell from Jordan by Jericho. Uh, so here's Joseph's, and, and he gets in there because in, in Genesis, uh, it talks about Ephraim and Manasseh uh, being the two sons of Joseph. Uh, and because Reuben messed up, uh, he lost his inheritance in the land. Uh, we see his name come back in through, through some of the tribes later on in the scriptures. Uh, but for the dividing of the land, they give it to, to Manasseh and Ephraim. Uh, and remember, Ephraim was the youngest, uh, and he got the majority of the land. In fact, a lot of times in scripture, you see the name Ephraim come up instead of Israel because they considered Ephraim to be the land of Israel because they were such a, 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 a famous tribe uh, that came through. Uh, so the lot of the children of Joseph fell from Jordan by Jericho. We know where Jericho is. We went through that with Joshua into the water of Jericho on the east into the wilderness that goes up from Jericho throughout Mount Bethel and goeth out from Bethel to Luz and passes along the borders uh, of Ar Archie <laughs> uh, and Adaroth. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, I think. And goeth down westward to the coast of Jephleti 
under uh, the coast of Beth Horon to the nether and to the Gezer into the goings out thereof at the sea. So the children of Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim, here's the children, as it talks about in, in Genesis 48 when uh, dad blesses them and, and took their inheritance. Uh, they, they took their inheritance. They took possession of the things that the Lord had given them. Instead of just sitting there and saying, well, we're okay, just dwelling in the land that we're in, they, they took the land that God had given them. And, and God has offered to you and I the land before us, the land of plenty, as we talk about with America. But really, uh, it, it's more taken from Scripture that uh, we, we get to possess the land that, the God has, that God has put before us. And we get to possess it. We just don't get to see it but to possess it, to have it as our own. Uh, and for us to have that faith that God gives us, we really need to possess it. Uh, and there's something about embracing that and just holding on to it uh, and seeing the salvation of God work through that. Uh, hold your place here. Go to the Gospel of Luke. I know it's past Christmas, but that's okay. Uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. The Lord's... Just got me flying all over the place here. Uh, in chapter 2, and you know the story. Uh, you've watched Snoopy enough where you know what's going on. Uh, but it says in verse 21, when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child. So uh, after eight days, they're going to circumcise Jesus. His name was called Jesus, God with us. Um, God, our salvation, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Uh, and when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. For those that were poor, it would be a pair of turtle doves or pigeons. Uh, richer, you could give more. Uh, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He just happened to be there. His name means hearkening. His name means he's one that listens. Here's a man, even in a corrupt Jewish religious system, was listening to God and not listening to the people. Here was a man who was listening. The same man was just and devout. He didn't get that way just by being in the priesthood, that all of a sudden, because he was a priest, it came upon him. It was there because he was faithful to walk after the things of the Lord. And he was waiting for the consolation or the comforting of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. There's that word we've been looking at all the way along. He didn't just have salvation, but the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was giving him the power he needed for the ministry that he had. And he was in Jerusalem. We're in Rochester. The Holy Spirit coming upon us for the work of the ministry that's here. And it was revealed unto him, notice, by the Holy Ghost. Three different times you're going to see that in this portion of Scripture, that it's by the Holy Spirit. He was waiting for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. Uh, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He didn't get that by reading the Torah. He didn't get that by, by burning sheep. He got that by having a relationship with the living God. And even in a corrupt system, he could still be just and holy. And we go, well, I'd be better if I didn't live in Rochester. Really? If you can't do it here... You aren't going to do it anywhere else. And that's, it sounds kind of harsh, I know, and it's not meant to be harsh, but it's the truth. If we can't do it now, it's like me getting outside and saying, well, I'm going to walk 10 miles a day, but I'll sit on my couch and think about it for four days before I get, actually get up and do it. <laughs> By me thinking about it isn't going to make those 10 miles get, get on my step count. You know, It's just not going to be there. It's by practicing it. It's by getting up and disciplining ourselves to do it. He's there, and the Lord told him, you're not going to die before you see the Messiah. Can you imagine? Just because he was faithful, the Lord gives him a blessing. 
There's a blessing in faithfulness. There's a blessing in obedience, Scripture talks about. And he was faithful in obeying the things of the Lord, and the Lord blesses him with this. For somebody else, it would be something else. It doesn't mean we're all going to get the same thing because we're faithful. It just means there's a blessing waiting for us, and the blessing is just getting closer to the Lord. Because if he wasn't close to the Lord, the Lord would have never been able to, to speak to him and to have him hear. Remember, his name means hearkening. He's the one that's listening. <laughs> he, he's listening to the voice of the Lord, and the Lord tells him, you're not going to die till you see the Messiah. And you know what else it means? It means he doesn't get home two hours later and go, well, that probably was just a pizza that I ate. So uh, I, I, it, it probably wasn't anything the Lord said. I can't count on that as a promise. But he had such a relationship with the Lord that as soon as he heard it, he knew that it was the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, help us to hear you and to follow you. So Simeon, and it says that he came by the Spirit, there it is again, into the temple. It was his day off. He wasn't supposed to be there. He was just in Jerusalem, and the Lord says, go to the temple. He comes to the temple. The Lord ever tell you to go somewhere, and you just go, why, Lord, what is going on here? It's always for a purpose. The urgings of the Spirit, be, be, be sensitive to those and be obedient to those things. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up him in his arms and blessed God. He, he sees this baby, and was he thinking, well, it's going to be a baby that I'm going to see? The Lord told him you're going to see the Messiah. He didn't say you're going to see a baby. Is he thinking full grown? What do we think? Well, I'm thinking this giant of a man that's going to come in and just rule and reign over, over earth <laughs> as a baby. Wow. But as soon as he saw him, by the Spirit, he realized that this was the Messiah. And what did he do? He possessed that baby. He took him up in his arms and embraced him. Lord, I want to embrace the Messiah that you've sent for me. Do we do that? Do we embrace the Messiah that's been sent for us? Or do we just keep him at a distance? Like scripture says, Peter followed afar off when they took Jesus to trial. Is that where we are? Or are we embracing Jesus and taking possession of everything that he is in our lives? As he embraced him, he brought him close. He brought him in as close as he could get him to his very being. Oh, Lord, help me to do that with you, to take you as close to me as I can get you. Ugh. He took him up in his arms and he blessed God. He thanked God for the answer to what God had already told him. And look at what he says in verse 29. Lord, now let your ser servant depart in peace according to your word. <laughs> okay, kill me. <laughs> really? <laughs> Amazing to me. And yet this man walking in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, just knew where to go, knew when to go, and saw Jesus. Just think if he wasn't listening to the voice of the Spirit and didn't go into the temple. And somebody else did the circumcision, not even knowing who they were holding or who they were circumcising. But he did. And even if he didn't, what am I going to do? And what are you going to do? But Lord, help me. Because in this I need you. Just possess what God has given you. For Simeon, he possessed the promise that God had given him that he was going to see the Messiah before he died. And he did. God fulfilled his promise to Simeon, to a man who was a sinner saved by grace, just like you and I, through the faith that the Lord had given him. 
and we get to possess that Jesus. And he comes in, are we possessing that? The people of the land back in Joshua here, they're coming in to possess the land. Uh, and some of them possessed it well. Some of them only drove out part of the issue that was before them, the problem in the land that was before them. And instead of driving out all the things that were going to be an issue before them, they just took care of a couple of things. And folks, for you and I, sometimes we get tired. We get tired of fighting. They've, they've just come through a seven-year battle, and now they got these little skirmishes all over the place that are going through the tribes, uh, and they're fighting those things. But the Lord in Timothy calls us to be good soldiers, and soldiers don't rest, and soldiers don't retire while there's a battle. You can't just all of a sudden say, well, my, my 30 days are up. I, I'm done. <laughs> you stay in the battle till it's ended. And the battle for us is not going to end until we go home. You and I are constantly going to be in a battle, and Scripture tells us the battle is between the flesh and the spirit. God's spirit wants to rule and reign, but our flesh wants to rule and reign. And we have to constantly keep fighting that battle. And that's going to be going on until we go home. But the more we suppress our spirit, our, our flesh, the more his spirit can rule and reign and the more we're going to be accustomed to walking in the spirit and less to walking in the flesh. You look at the world and you see how much they're accustomed to walking in the flesh. It's awful what the flesh is bringing out. And yet God told us it was going to be like that. These are perilous times. But in perilous times, soldiers become more alert than they've ever been. When there's peace, you don't see the soldiers being too alert. But when there's war and you're in a foxhole, you're alert because <laughs> there's bombs coming in all around you and there's fiery darts being thrown at you all the time. And for most of the church, we don't even know there's fiery darts. We don't even believe that Satan's real. There's so many churches that, that believe there's a heaven, but there is no hell. And you kind of wonder, what portion of Scripture are you reading and what portion of Scripture are you leaving out? We can't leave any of it out. It's all here for our good and for reproof, for correction. We need to possess that land. So uh, Israel comes in, Manasseh and Ephraim come in, and they're to possess the land. Uh, and they give out the borders uh, for that land. Uh, uh, and a border went out from Mishmethah, uh, and the north side and the border went out eastward toward, towards Teanath, Shiloh, and passed it by on the east to Genoa, oh, uh, and went down from Genoa ha -ha, ha -ha, uh, to Adaroth and to Neoroth, uh, and came to Jericho and went out of Jordan. At least there's some names in there you get. Uh, and the border went out from Tafua westward towards the river of Cana, and the goings out thereof were at the sea, and we know the Sea of Galilee, and this is the inheritance of the tribes of the children of Ephraim by their families, and the separate cities for the children of Ephraim were among the inheritance of the children of Manasseh in all the cities were, was with their villages, and they drave not out the Canaanites that dwell in Gezer. But the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites unto this day, and they serve under tribute. They were there, they left them there. And certainly the application for you and I is, what are we leaving in this place that we haven't taken possession of that the enemy has got a hold of? And we think the, the enemy, you know, this, this red guy in a red suit with pitchforks and horns sticking out of his head, uh, but sometimes those fiery darts are even in that place of, of ministry being a God to us instead of God being a God to us. Of our prayer life being so wonderful because we pray so much that that becomes a God to us instead of the God of our prayers being God to us. And we certainly have to be careful and to be aware of those things, but to be walking in the Spirit and by the Spirit. So be filled with the Spirit, just walk in the truth of who He is and, and just allow Him to work and to rule and to reign. Certainly a hard portion just as far as north, south, east, west. But God looks in all those directions and He says in the north part of your heart we got this, in the south part we got the border here, in the west part 
you got over here, the, the west part is your children, the, the east part is your family, uh, the, the north part is your job, the south part is your neighborhood. How are we doing in all those areas as he goes through the borders that he's given to us? And he says, I want, I want to equip you. I want to give you more than what you asked for. I'll give you salvation, but I want to pour out my spirit upon you. I want to give you those, those springs of water that will refresh you during those times that are hard for you. And boy, the world has no clue what that is. But folks, we should know. We should have that and be asking for it every day. Uh, this year is not going to be a better year. I hate to tell you. <laughs> Scripture never says, oh, don't worry, it's going to get better. The Lord keeps telling us it's going to get worse. Are you ready? Aren't you excited? <laughs> I can tell. You're just <laughs> chomping at the bit to get out there. Yahoo, here we come. <laughs> we, we think some of our leadership is awful. Guess what? There's worse ones than they are waiting in the wings. And there's one eventually that's going to come that's even worse than all of them. Satan incarnate in the Antichrist. We're not going to be here, thank goodness. But boy, it's going to get awful till we get there because it can't get better and then have him come on the scene. It's got to keep getting worse until he comes. Look at the days of Noah. Did it get better before the ship took off? It kept getting worse. And that's what the Lord tells us, as in the days of Noah. And we're there. We're in those days, and it's awful out there. And yet... We have that scripture that says, but God, Yahoo, <laughs> who's rich in mercy, let's go for the mercy and the grace. So Father, just thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for your encouragement, Lord, just to, just to put ourselves in that place and, and to start out fresh, maybe even in this new year, Lord, just to start out fresh just with you and uh, just to have your spirit ruling and reigning in our lives and in our hearts and uh, that we would be more like you than ever, Lord. Uh, that those things that we haven't defeated in our lives, that we haven't let you take care of, that we haven't let you drive out, you said that you'd go before Israel and drive out the enemies, and yet, Lord, so many of the tribes never did. Just like so many of us, Lord, haven't gotten rid of all those things that are there, and some of those things we don't even know about yet because we haven't let you into those rooms in our heart where those things are contained. Uh, Father, please uh, have your work in and through us, Lord. Uh, help us to be those willing vessels that you can work through, those living sacrifices as it talks about in Romans, holy and acceptable unto you. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your sustaining grace to keep us even in these days, Lord. We thank you for it, and we thank you for just your heart. Uh, we wouldn't be like this. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your heart and your word and your truth and your spirit moving us to do that. So thank you, Lord, that you've even moved us this far. Continue that good work that you've begun in us, Lord. And we know one day you're going to complete that good work that you've begun. And we'll thank you for it. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen.